Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. For those of you that are new to the community, welcome in. For those seasoned listeners, thank you so much for listening to another segment. With me today is a special guest by the name of Jeff Cohen. And here's a little bit more about Jeff. Freedom is a dream of every CEO and entrepreneur. Developing leaders and teams with an ownership mindset is the ticket to fulfill this desire. Jeff Cohen, founder of Six Businesses, now presents Count Onable as the new and rapid success framework that guides CEOs to make that, make this and that happen. Jeff has worked with dozens of corporate giants and he holds the unique distinction of being called radioactive by Mr. Wonderful himself, Kevin O'Leary on Shark Tank. It took eight years of working with over 300 CEOs, business owners, and entrepreneurs to develop, test, and implement the Count Onable method and patent pending process. In his new book, Count Onable, a practical guide to lift, shift, and empower you and your team, he lays out the number one impact to every business and a simple structured approach that eliminates this problem. So without further ado, let's welcome the man behind it all, Jeff Cohen. Wow, I need to do some work on that bio because, um, you know, brevity is really great. And I'm really clear, it's so easy to write a really long thing, but shrinking it down to like just like the key three things, boy, that's tough. So I'm going to have a chat with our marketing team and we're going to do that. Um, in any case, thank you so much, Genesis. It's such a, uh, an honor to be here. I'm so grateful to have an opportunity uh, on this um, widely recognized podcast with all the great guests that you've had. And I listened to a couple of them uh, on the way to being interviewed by you. And so I'm just happy to be here today. Thank you. My pleasure. And thank you for coming in to share as well as whole space and offer your expertise to the audience. And I know since we're pressed for time for the connection segment, I think I want to go with the icebreaker versus the rapid fire, unless you could be rapid for 10 questions. No, let's go with the icebreaker. Let's just boom, do that. Okay. So for our icebreaker, Jeff, I want you to share something crazy that you have done in your life that ended up building your character or a fun and interesting fact that your community doesn't know about you, but it makes you who you are? Gosh, there's a lot of stuff that I've done to build my character. I have the gray hairs to prove it. Um, But I would say joining a fraternity in college was definitely character building. And a lot of that had to do with, and gosh, I haven't told anybody on any podcast this. So I almost got kicked out of college. Um, In fact, if I didn't take a semester off to go to a junior college where I took the most important class I've ever taken, and you're not going to believe this, like in today's day and age, the most important class for a marketing major to take, typing. I can type 60 words a minute to this day. But that is you know, that experience of like doing whatever I wanted, not getting grades, getting the letter from the dean saying, 
your grades suck so bad. Like you've got three months to fix that. And realizing, hey, you know what? I just need to work and take some time off and regroup. And I, my mom convinced me, she convinced me to just take a class. So I went to the junior college and instead of taking calculus, I took typing. And um, boy, I'm telling you, you know, the great things that have come out of that are like, I actually can get my words out. I, I wrote a book. <laughs> and in addition to that, um, it really was humbling, like to get that notice that, you know, someone was saying, hey, dude, we're calling you on this. You're not, you're not standing up to what you said you were committed to when you started coming to school here. Amazing. And, you know, I really respect you sharing that, even to the fact that you said you haven't shared it on any other podcast, because it is going to be an easy segue into your book, because you teach people to stop being accountable and start being count on a bull. So how can we count on you versus holding them accountable? So tell me what you mean by stop being accountable, because so many people feel like you need to have that accountability factor, but you're giving it a whole new spin where you're telling people, how can other people count on you? Is that right? Yeah, you're right on. So here's the thing. It's really, really, really simple is that there are a lot of great operating systems for businesses and for your life and for everything. And they all, not all, but the ones I really revere, I love so much about them, like EOS by Gino um, Wickman and Scaling Up by Vern Harnish, amazing systems for operating a business. They just look at accountability from the wrong side of the lens, in my opinion. And what that looks like is people telling you, you are accountable. Now, the issue with people doing that is they'll tell you you're accountable. And if you don't say yes, there's usually some fear of a penalty. So, you know, you worked in corporate America, right? Yes. You know what it's like. I've, you know, I... I've worked for IBM. I had my software company. Um, we did uh, uh, agile software development processes. We implemented in 100 large Fortune 500 Global 2000 companies. Um, in all of those environments, people are always in fear of their job. Absolutely. There's always, yeah. So when you operate from that and you're in this um, fight or flight mode all the time, you're not nearly as effective as when you can actually be empowered to say, look, you can count on me to attend meetings on time, contribute, and make a difference to whatever it is we're working on. However, when people are comfortable enough to say, hey, Genesis, you cannot count on me to do the laundry. I cannot fold those tiny little baby clothes in three pieces the way you want to fit them in into the drawer. By the way, that's my wife talking. Um, so, you know, you just can't count on me for that. And that's where the notion of count audible came from. It's like it came from the glass half full versus the glass half empty. When, when you're accountable, the glass is always half empty. You're being assigned something to do that no one knows how good you are at it. If you like doing it, and better yet, how about something measurable like 
do you have strengths or weaknesses that support or don't support it? Like my number one strength is I'm a futurist. Number two is I'm a strategist. When I talk to you and you're sharing with me about what your company is doing, I'm thinking about, hey, what's possible in the future? Mm-hmm. What's the path to get there? But adaptability is my number 34 in the Strengths Finder test. And that's the very last one. You can either look at that as my weakest strength or my number one weakness. I kind of look at it as my number one weakness. Because for me, what that means is once I have something down and it's working, it really takes a lot for me to shift it. Like when I commit to you, I'm going to be at an appointment on time. I am there early, like three to five minutes early is my on time, right? Where other people don't always have that particular commitment, right? But I'm a, that's my adaptability thing. It's like I get locked in. I live by my calendar. I know it impacts other people when I'm late. And we don't get the quality of meeting done that we want to have if someone is showing up late. So I know that to, those are things I can be countable for. What we do poorly in business is we do a great job of recruiting people and getting right up to the point where we want to offer them the job. We do such a great job at that. And then the hiring manager says, hey, Genesis, listen, we need this great scrum master that can now manage the scrum team and know the process is working and all of that stuff. Can you also do the laundry? So I want to chime in there because I feel like a lot of people dealt with that, whether it was pre-pandemic or post-pandemic, even though the pandemic is not necessarily over, there was a lot of um hiring that was going on and then we also see that there was a a lot of firing based on you know the market so whenever they're hiring whenever they're hiring they want you to do x y and z but then whenever you accept the offer then those roles begin to shift so you so then you as an employer like this is not what i signed up for but then whenever you push back and you have that resistance, then it starts to make the lines of communication blurred and blurred and rocky. And so I see a lot of times that there is a lot of tension between leadership and employee because leadership wants to hold you accountable, but then whenever you don't measure up based on their accountability, then you don't feel like you're account honorable because your productivity is not there. You feel like you're not being seen or heard or et cetera. And then that can cause burnt out or that could cause you as an employee to feel checked out because it's not what you agreed to whenever you signed up to work for that company. And it is a partnership. And I feel like part of this kind of correlates to what we're seeing now in society, which is the great resignation, because the pandemic has allowed a lot of individuals to have a great point of reflection. What is it that I want to do? How is it tied to my morals, my values, my characteristics? And if I'm doing this for someone else's brand and building their legacy, their foundation, why can't I take the skills and the talents that I have and do it for myself and also have the same amount of value or more? 
Would you say that's a good, uh, good interjection there, Jeff? It is, and I will add something to that. Um, you know, management and business owners and CEOs want employees to take an ownership mindset. They want them to own their job and what they do. However, you know the old saying, like when I point a finger at you, I've got three pointing right back at me. So here's what's missing from that, in my opinion, just a humble guy. But when I tell you, I need you to take an ownership, you know, stance on whatever it is, what I'm missing is that, well, wait, when I hired you, I set you up, you were my A player for the things I hired you for. And then when I asked you to do the laundry, that's a B job. That's immediately going to have an impact on you and what you bring to the table for your role. And guess what that's going to do? That is going to cause you to begin disappointing your boss from day one. Because it's not a job that you're interested in. You'll do it. Eh, if you don't have to, you'd rather not. And management does not do a very good job of ensuring that teams are aligned around the things that they have strengths in, that they're good at, and that they love doing. And so the premise of the book, Count Onable, is that there's two things that matter in an organization. First, there's trust. And not just trust, but what do I actually trust people for or to do? But you can't have trust if there's misalignment from the CEO to the C-level team, to the director level people and the VP level people, to the management, to the staff. And what's missing in those environments is that alignment string. So I created a simple process. I worked with over 300 companies to do this over eight years and it leverages a lot of the agile software development methods that we used in the early 2000s in my software company, because what I found is not only does agile software development work in business, so does agile business management. And so, but other systems out there have great things to say about how you operate a business but they're missing the number one meeting that matters more than anything else. And so many people are willing to blow it off, even though it's the one thing that connects you to your people and helps you know, are they keeping their promise? And eliminates your need to manage people because managing people is like herding cats. Nobody wants to be managed. Absolutely. But you know right? But you know what? People want to deliver on their promises that they make. And when you've got somebody stepping up and saying, no, this is something, it's totally me, I can do it. Next Friday, we're there. And you have a regular, and I have in the book, all of the meeting schedules, what to say at the meetings, how to say it so that you don't, um, how to say it so that you don't trigger people because when you trigger people, that's a whole other story. I will just tell you, when you trigger me, I will waste 20 to 30 minutes of your time telling you why. Absolutely. And you, and you don't care. But I will do that. It's my protection mechanism. 
And in chapter one, which is called Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like the video game? No, like the guy that stole a car. Oh, okay. Because there's a video game called Grand Theft Auto too. Right. And I stole a car. And I write about it, and it's where I came up with the trigger that has me hooked every single time. But yes, like the video game, Grand Theft Auto is just like, I. you will get in this book all of the things about me that I did wrong in life. Mm. And it's not even all. The next book will have more because I know I've screwed up a whole bunch. But I focus on those things because the reality is that you'll learn something when you hear about something great I've done and some success I've had, but you'll actually be able to take something with you when you learn about a failure I've had and what I did next. Yeah. And so one thing I want to do, because I know you, you held up the book, but I want you to hold up the book fully for those that are watching the video to see, because there's a powerful image on the book, which is linking of arms or hands. And I think that's imp empowering to highlight that because I feel like we're not created to do life by ourselves and we're not created to flourish on our own. But when we link our zone of genius with somebody else's, we could go a lot further and faster together. So what is your symbolic meaning behind choosing that image on the cover? Well, first off, it's um, one of the, in one of the appendices, I actually write about why I chose that because it really has a personal meaning to me. Um, when I was a kid in day camp, you know, maybe five or six years old, we played this game. And what it was is three teams of three and two kids would clasp their hands like that together to come up, you know, with this chair, because that was a chair. And the third would sit on the chair and the other two now would be in this race against other people, other teams, right? And, you know, they're not holding you. You're sitting on their hands, right? You're counting on them not to drop you. <laughs> and when I saw that, I said, yeah, that was totally a count honorable moment when I was a kid. I was, man, they were count honorable. They did not drop me. But that was something that was um, a big thing for me about about that image when I saw it. And, um, and it really is personal. In the whole book, um, Genesis, we, I know we don't have time for that today, but it's very easy to read. Every chapter is three or four pages long. It's written that way because I have ADD and I wanted people that look at a chapter and say, oh my God, 30 pages. Okay, I don't have an hour for that right now. But three pages, I can get through that in five minutes. And every single chapter gives you something you can take away and use today. So, you, so what I actually wind up getting from people is, hey, Jeff, you know, I just couldn't put it down. Like, but it was okay because I was able to put it down to get another soda. Yeah, because it's easy to digest. The It's going through really quickly. And you took your life experiences, the failures, and what you learned from those failures and how that led to your successes. You put your life stories in it because it's it's so easy for somebody to re, uh, relate and have the relevancies whenever they know that you have experienced something that they are experiencing, but you Absolutely. have overcome 
overcame it. And I think more people need to be more vulnerable in sharing the failures and not just the successes, but we also need to be more transparent because whenever you are transparent, it builds that no like and trust factor, which is giving you that credibility for people to link arms with you as well. And so Jeff, I wanna throw you an audible here because I know we're getting ready to jump into the CTA. Is there anything else that we didn't cover in this segment that you wanna share that will add value to the conversation? You know, there is a lot, but I think the number one thing that's coming out of this conversation for people, it's about people, right? And it's about common sense. What's often missing is the common sense component because people are in fight or flight mode, right? When you're running scared and you're not sleeping at night or you're always in concern, then people don't get treated with the respect that they deserve. What happens is oftentimes, I know I do this, I go into command and control mode, right? And all that does is it puts people out. There's no enrollment in that. They're not interested in, you know, being my best, you know, person at that point. What they are is, how do I get them off my back? And I've been a lousy boss in the past. So I can speak from experience when I tell you. If you create an environment and a culture where people see that you can be vulnerable and tell on yourself. And eliminate the penalty box right? This is not hockey, it's business, right? When someone can't do something and they say, it's not for me, don't put them in the penalty box. That messes with their head. They start wondering, am I going to be part of this great resignation that we're in right now? Like, should I just leave and go find another job? So I just invite people, remember, it's about the people. And if you're going to manage anything, manage a promise, a promise is very manageable. It's either complete or it's incomplete, right? It's either something people keep pushing out or not. And in the software we'll be releasing with the, um, with the process um, this year, it actually is going to give you the ability to track all of those things. So when I see the laundry needs to be done, I can see, oh, oh no, Genesis is not the right one for that. I like that. So thank you for sharing for sharing that. And I always tell people, would you rather people over profit or profit over people? Because if you value people over profit, that's going to drive your profit up because then those people are feeling seen, they're feeling heard, they have value and et cetera. And they're going to want to go the extra mile for your corporation because they're not seen as just a token or a placeholder or a check the box. They really feel like they are part of that corporation. And then they're gonna wanna have that longevity, that sustainability and et cetera. And me being a millennial, but also being in the work scope for 15 years in corporate America, I've you know been around the block a few times. I don't know everything, but I'm still learning. And it's great whenever I could have the versatility from someone who is much older than I am, and we could exchange ideas in a way that is you know conducive for where both of us have came from. And there's always gonna be the failures, but it's like, how do you pick yourself up from that failure and keep on going? And how do you share the failures with the world so people aren't putting you on a pedestal thinking that you've always had it right when in actuality, they know you, but they don't know your story. So 
Let's jump into the CTA, Jeff. What is your call to action for the audience today? Very, very simple. If you got something from this conversation and you're intrigued by the idea that, you know, just being accountable is not working, but being countonable could, I invite you to come to the countonable.com website and it's spelled very simply C O U N T O N A B L E.com. Come to countonable.com. There, you can download the first chapter of the book. So you'll read about my Grand Theft Auto experience. Um, you can also go to the resources page and every single one of the tools is there for you to download for free. Um, and of course, there are links to where you can buy the book on Amazon. Um, it's a Kindle or a paperback right now. Um, but I really invite you to be curious, like really look at your life and what it's like to have accountability in it. And do you watch the news at night and hear them say, um, we're going to hold someone accountable. It's usually someone they're trying to have go to jail, right? Um, or do you think about, gosh, what's the alternative? Being accountable is the old way of doing things. Being countonable, that's the new way. That's the way that's going to cause companies that take it on to have a competitive advantage. Because the competitive advantage, it's you and your people and how well you do together. So I'm going to end with um, a statement that one of the um, leaders I worked for at IBM, Sandy Carter, um, used to say all the time. Culture eats strategy for lunch. It, it, it aligns very much, um, Genesis, with what you were saying a minute ago about people over profit, right? Because really, if you have the kind of culture that people want to be in, your strategy will get implemented. You'll have the success you're looking for. You'll love your life. And so will they. And that's what it's all about. Thank you for sharing those gems, Jeff. That was beautiful. And on your website, countonable.com, I'm sure you're, there are backlinks to where you hang out on social media platforms. Is that correct? Yes. And just so you know, there's um, a little over 2 million Jeff Cohens in the world. Um, just saying. I think I was the very first one on LinkedIn, though. So I actually did get the URL that says just Jeff Cohen, which is miraculous today. Uh, but um, spent a lot of time on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and we'll be um, doing some stuff around uh, YouTube later in the year. Amazing. And thank you once again, Jeff, for coming into the community and just sharing your value and just talking about your book, Count Onable. Audience, make sure you like, comment, follow, and subscribe. We are on 40 plus audio platforms. You could also see this recording on our YouTube channel by going to GEMS, G-E-M-S, with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And lastly, but not least, my big ask, A-S-K, is for brand sponsors. If that is you and you want to link arms with me, where this podcast is currently ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts, 
per the metrics and KPIs on www.listennotes.com. Head on over to my website, genesisamariskemp.net to learn more info or send me a personalized email to genesisamariskemp at gmail.com. It does take resources to fuel the mission and movement to bring on content that is educational, inspirational, and motivational, while I also like to weave in diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Because if you're making an imprint, then it allows you to drive an impact for each one of us to be the world changers that we desire to be. Start taking ownership and leveraging your life so you can live life optimally on your own terms and not the terms of somebody else. So until the next guest, next segment, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. Signing out, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp and Jeff Cohen. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at gems, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services, to be here on GEMS Podcast.